Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. You're here for the start of a brand new series that we're calling Just Like Us. My hope is that this will be a series not only that you love, but it one that will have an especial um, area of help for us and that it is going to become a conduit of God's hope into our lives as well as the lives of others around us. The times that we're in are still filled with such anxiety and craziness and the message of God that he has for us is one that can give to us the hope that we and others need as well. Interestingly, when God chose to give us his message, which he did in his word, he didn't simply give us a rule book. He didn't give us just a manual on spiritual things or metaphysical things, but instead God gave to us a book of life. And he did so doing it through the life of real people who will find are just like us. One of the things that I've discovered when it comes to the story or the real life stories in the Bible is that for me, it's even easier to be able to connect with them. And there's a sticky factor as well, something that I just can carry with me. And I think that's all a part of the wisdom of God. Four things I want you to remember, and you will not have any problem doing that throughout the series, is this. Anytime a person is brought up or used in the Bible to, um, for God to bring his message through, remember that it is a real person. Secondly, that they are at a real place, that is, they live in a real place. It is real life, and it is somebody that is just like us. In fact, James, who was the first pastor of the first church, which was located in Jerusalem, said this. He wanted us to know that Elijah was a person just like us. James chapter 5, verse number, number 17. And James went on then to teach us that we can pray, and using Elijah as that example. Today we're going to look at an individual who we know his job, we know his nationality, we know his title, and I'm going to refer to him as Abel. The historical narrative is found in the book of Acts. So if you happen to have a Bible nearby or can pull it up on your phone, I'm going to read to us from Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse number 26, which says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south of the road, the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and went on his way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandik, which means queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. I'm going to pause for just a second. So we're introduced to this individual who's referred to as the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, one thing we know for sure about him, and that was that he had a name. We don't know what his name is, but in order to keep this as personal as I know that God wants for us to be able to connect with him today, I went on Google and just um, typed in what are the most popular Ethiopian boy names today? Number one on the list was Abel. So we're going to put Abel in here and let that communicate with us. So we, we move on. Abel, verse 28, was on his way home, sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go up to that chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him. How can I, Abel asked, unless somebody explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Abel was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Abel asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began at that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. I love that phrase every time it comes up, the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and Abel said, hey, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And Abel gave the orders to stop the chariot, and both Philip and Abel went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, first reading of that, you might be thinking like, I am not like that. I mean, I am not an Ethiopian. I am not in charge of a nation's treasury, nor am I a eunuch. Whatever that happens to mean. And though all those things may be true, what we'll discover very quickly is in so many ways, God gives to us Abel here because he is just like us. Now, I want to point out four of these ways. I'm sure that you're going to find many others along the way, but I think these four are going to be especially important to us. Number one, Abel was just like us in that he knew there had to be more, something else in life. When we find Abel here in this particular narrative, he is coming back from Jerusalem. Now we ask the question, why was he there? Because Jerusalem was over 500 miles away from home. That is a long ways. It is an expensive journey. It took a lot of time, especially with the entourage that Abel would have been traveling with. We also note that Abel has with him an Isaiah scroll, or a copy of the book of Isaiah. That in and of itself was worth not a small fortune, but it was worth a large fortune. One of the reasons for that is because each Isaiah scroll was handwritten. There were 37,036 words in the book of Isaiah. Now, why is that so significant? Because every time a scroll was copied from the original to its copy, at the end of that process, they would go through the copy and they would then count every one of the words. And if they got to the end and had 37,035 words, not the 36, 35, they would go back and count again, they'd count again. But if it was, decide, it was determined that there was only 37,035 words here, they would burn the copy of it. If they counted and it was 37,037 words, same process. Again, if it wasn't perfect, it was burned and destroyed over a year of work because it wasn't perfect. Not only that, but they would pick an arbitrary number, like say 22,222. They would count 2,222 to the exact word in the original, go to the copy, and if it wasn't the exact same word, you know what's going to happen, right? That's right. They would burn that copy because it wasn't perfect. 
Abel had gone to all the time and effort, not only to travel to Jerusalem, because he knew there was something missing. With all of the success that he had had in life in Ethiopia, with all the resource that he had available too, he had heard about this God that was there, and he had secured what he thought would be the most viable means to be able to discover about him. Sometimes in our lives, I know that in mine, there, we've come to this just understanding of there has to be something more. With, his, with all that I'm going through in life, I know that there's something more. Sometimes theologians refer to this as this God-shaped hole in us. Because without a personal relationship with God, it's like there's something that is missing. Abel was just like us. And then in this quest to find it, which brings us to the second point, that Abel was just like us in that he needed help in finding God. If all Abel would have needed was that Isaiah scroll, he could have read it himself and found God. But he needed help, which is why God sent Philip to be able to help him to find him. We often refer to these, these coming together times, as divine appointments. You ever had a divine appointment in your life? God has you in just the right place at just the right time with just the right person. Or maybe you have been a divine appointment to somebody else. With me, my divine appointment happened to be with Paul. The night that I had received Jesus as my Savior, I was told that in order to trust Jesus, I needed to get up out of my seat and come down to the front and receive him there. I didn't know any better, so that's exactly what I did. I got out of my seat, I came down to the front. And the person that told me I needed to do that, when I got there, just looked at me and said, and what do you want? And I told him, I guess I wanna, I'm here to receive Jesus. He didn't know what to say to me. And so he left. He just turned around and he walked off. He was playing guitar, he picked up a guitar and started playing that. So I'm just standing there in one of the most awkward moments of my life. When that service ended, I just started to, you know, to walk out of the room, and a young man there by the name of Paul just came up beside me and said, um, hey, do you know what you did up there? And I looked at him and I said, I don't have a clue. And he invited me to sit with him, and I'll never forget this. Paul opened up a Bible and he began just to sketch a drawing in it. Now, when Paul started to write on this blank page of the Bible, my eyes got as big as saucers. Because I didn't know what all was in the Bible, but I knew this, that you don't write in the Bible. Paul assured me that it was okay. And he went on just to draw out how a person could come to know God. And when he finished... And he did this so quickly, it caught me completely off guard. He took that page in the Bible that he, is, he was writing on. Next thing I know, he did this. He ripped the page right out of the Bible. I was freaking out. And he reached out and he handed it to me. A few years ago, I actually framed that page in the Bible that I kept. You know, I think you could probably call this my spiritual birth certificate. What it did for me that night was it gave me such clarity about what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I know 
you don't get to take things to heaven with you, but I sure wouldn't, you know, I'm going to ask God if there's some way that I might be able to get this or a copy of it to hang on my wall in heaven because, again, it just speaks such volumes to me. It was a divine appointment. A few months later, I met Tom. Tom and I worked together, and we were on break, and Tom started to share the good news of Jesus with me. I, I asked Tom, I said, hey, Tom, are you a born-again Christian? Tom kind of puffed out his chest and said, I sure am. And then I said, so am I. These were Tom's words. Quote, well, I suppose it's possible. Reason he said that, I had no idea of a church or what it meant to, you know, to change um, once a person had trusted Jesus. So the outside um, certainly didn't reflect that. What Tom did that day was he invited me to come out to church with him. First time I'd ever gone to a church that actually preached from the Bible. And the impact it had on me? Well, I suppose, from where I'm standing now, you could say that the rest is just history. Have you had a divine appointment in your life? You're watching online right now. It may be that you were invited by a friend to do so. Or maybe you're in a watch party. This might be a divine appointment. God has you in just the right place, at just the right time, with just the right person. It may be your divine appointment is that you've been invited out and you're sitting in one of our services right now. Or you may be the one that is inviting somebody out. Let me encourage you with this. If you bring a friend out and you just notice at some point that they have you know, raised their hand saying, indicating that they want to trust Jesus, ask them afterwards, do you understand what it is that you did there, you might be able to bring a little bit more clarity to them in their lives and to open up even more opportunities of God's grace and life change flowing to them. If you haven't received Jesus yet, today's going to be a good day for it because that takes us right into point number three. And that was this, Abel, just like us, trusted Jesus as his Savior. The Bible tells us this, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Just like us, just like every single person in the world that has ever received Jesus as their Savior, they have done it in the same way. Meaning, they have done this. They've acknowledged, I need Jesus. Because of my sin, how it's broken my relationship with God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and that he is raised from the dead, that he is resurrected. And lastly, I have called upon Jesus. I've asked him for that saving grace in my life. If you haven't done that yet, again, I'd encourage you, even today, to open yourself up to this amazing good news and saving grace of Jesus in your life. One more area that we're going to find that Abel was just like us in that he chose to follow Jesus. Now, the first way he did that was almost immediate. We see in verse um, 36 that as Abel and Philip are riding along, he points out like, hey, Philip, there's water here. How about if I am baptized? Now, you've got to wonder, like, where did that come from? But remember, Abel had just come out of Jerusalem. And there were thousands and thousands of individuals there. 
that had trusted Jesus and were now outwardly declaring it by this sign of believers' baptism. Philip may, um, Philip may have mentioned it as well to Abel, or Abel just had, had seen that, put two and two together, and said, that's what I want to do in my life as well. Believers' baptism is something that Jesus asked of all of us, so that all of us can say, just like us, we've been baptized with believers' baptism. He says that is the way, that is Jesus, that we openly acknowledge that we have trusted him as our Savior. Now, it's easy to confuse baptism, right? Infant baptism with believer's baptism. Please don't do that. Um, infant baptism is something that was done to us. Believer's baptism is something that we choose to do after we have believed, hence the name believer's baptism. And if you haven't been baptized yet, if you're in one of our um, services today at Waukesha, Muskego, you have the opportunity even um, today to be baptized with believer's baptism. You're going like, ah, I'm not sure that I'm ready for that, and I, and that I didn't come prepared. We've got some extra sets of clothes just to be able to help accommodate you. If you want to get baptized in your street clothes, that's perfectly fine too. Now, if you are online, you're going like, I don't have a chance to get to one of those campuses. How do I get baptized with Believer's Baptism? If you just text us, and our text number is 555-888, these words, sign up, one, one word, sign up, and we'll reach out back to you, and we'll make arrangements for you to be able to say yes to Jesus in this unique way. It's a next step of faith that is so significant for us. Lindsay shares her story. I think you're going to be blessed by this. I'm Lindsay Wanschneider. I am a mom to five kids. My husband and I have been together for 10 years. I found Fox River through Upward. I met Jessica through it at orientation. I can't imagine doing Upward without her now. I mean, she's just, she's my sister. She's, yeah. you know, my best friend. So I guess the biggest reason like that I had the strongest urge to be baptized is because I always fought a battle in my mind of not being good enough. I had a very absent father and I, from a young age, was like, why am I not good enough for him to be here? Um, he was an alcoholic, he still is an alcoholic, and it was, why am I not good enough for him to overcome his addiction and be involved? The biggest um, feeling of like not enough, not deserving enough, was not having a dad growing up. But one of the times when we came to church, it was like our first time, my first time, coming to a service. Um, and when I walked in, the song Good Good Father was playing. Every time the song plays, I'm gonna cry. I don't have to be good enough for everybody else because I have a father that I am good enough for. Jessica through church like gave me a dad. <laughs> so I wanted everybody to know that Jesus loves you no matter what. Um, and I wanted everybody to know that that was around me. I wanted to be baptized so that everybody could see you are good enough. You do have a father who loves you, regardless if you have an active father in your life or not. You, you are loved more than you'll ever know. And I wanted everybody to know. I wanted to like scream it. And everybody was at church, you know, it wasn't just my friends and family. It wasn't like a private baptism. So everybody that was there was genuinely happy for me as well. I mean, after church, people were saying hi, congratulations, asking to pray for me, pray with me. That was really special because not having family in this area and not having um, a lot of people that I know, it was really nice to just 
feel that sense of community, that sense of like togetherness. So if you're feeling up that you want to be baptized or you're thinking about it, do it because it's a huge symbol that God loves you, that you love God. Can we just take a moment and thank Lindsay for sharing her story. It's just so cool what God has done in her life and through Jessica with her um, as well. One of the ways we wrap up right now, that Abel, just like us, was following Jesus, and it was this, that Abel was willing to be Philip to others. Here's what I mean by that. I'm sure that Abel would have said to Philip, hey, how about coming back to Ethiopia with me? I've got some really nice accommodations there to set you up in. But Philip explained, God's got something else for me, so he couldn't go. But then encouraged him, but you can tell others the good news about Jesus. And that's what he did. Do you know that Ethiopia becomes one of the great hubs for Christianity and Christianity spreading all the world for centuries right after this event takes place? You see, in these four ways, Abel, just like us, has discovered this working of Jesus and God's grace in our lives. Just what I just encourage you to do. Would you, today just in a closing prayer, say, God, would you allow me to have a divine appointment? I can guarantee you this. If you will open yourself up to God, and to be a divine appointment to somebody else, you will not be disappointed. God will give you that opportunity, and you're going to be able to share some good news with others. If you haven't been baptized, today again, I hope that you will say yes to Jesus in this very important um, declaration that he asks of every one of us to do after we believe in him. And lastly, as we begin to take this message from God and share it with others, I think one of the easiest ways uh, just to begin is to take these four points, and they're all listed. Um, if you have our, our church app, if you go to the notes section, these four points are here. Um, just like Abel, I knew there had to be more. I needed help. I received Jesus. I chose to follow Jesus. And if you just share from your life, when those things were taking place. Maybe you'll do it at home. Maybe you'll do it with a friend. I guarantee you that just like Abel, God is going to do some incredible things in your life. Today, if you haven't received Jesus in this closing prayer, I want to invite you to say yes to the saving grace that Jesus has. And it's that which you have been looking for all of your life not realizing that this is what you've been looking for and has been missing all of your life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have done everything that we need to be able to be restored with a living and a growing relationship with God, understanding that we need your saving grace, believing, Jesus, that your death on the cross and your resurrection is all that I need. We call on you personally saying, Jesus, would you receive me as I open myself to you? 
Thank you for answering this prayer, Jesus. Help us just like Abel to discover your amazing grace and the hope that you have for us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.